The following programming is sponsored by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I'm joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, our Legislative Director. Hi, Bonnie. It's so good to be with you today. It's so good to be with you today, Maria, as well. I always enjoy this part of our week. (laughs) On today's podcast, we have a very special guest, a woman who has been a tremendous champion for the unborn and for their mothers for many years right here in Pennsylvania. In fact, she only retired from her life-saving mission last year at the age of, wait for it, 91. Her impact has been so great that we at the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation have chosen her as this year's Lifetime Achievement Award winner. On October 21st, Margie Becker will be recognized at our Celebrate Life Banquet for her amazing dedication to saving precious lives. And today, we have a chance to chat with this beautiful soul. In addition, Maria will provide an update on the very important Pennsylvania constitutional amendment. But we'll begin with some pro-life inspiration. October is Respect Life Month, and as such, there is marked increase in pro-life activities. One of them is the life chain held in various cities around the country. The concept is simple. People line up along a busy street holding pro-life signs for an hour or two. And that's it. That's all there is to it. People standing together to witness to life. One might ask, what does that do to help decrease abortion? Well, the truth is we might never know. We might never know who was driving by or how many people will see the signs and the people behind those signs. We do not know that the people who are witnessing those signs, what's going on in their lives. Um, We might not know what's inside their hearts, but we also may not know what seeds are planted or if hearts are transformed. Truly, the life chain is an act of faith, faith in life, and an act of hope, hope that people will choose life. And now, while the fruits of this effort are largely unknown to us, we do know of at least one recent incident where someone chose life. This past Sunday, our Bedford County chapter organized a life chain in the miserable, cold, wet weather. You know, the kind that makes you want to have a warm bowl of soup and curl up for a nap. Well, despite those extremely unfavorable conditions, hardy, stalwart pro-lifers showed up and stood for life with their signs in hand, which were pelted by the rain and didn't hold up so well. As one participant turned in his sign, he checked his phone and he saw a text. It was from a friend of his and he shared that message with our chapter president. This friend happened to be driving by during the one hour life chain and was very pleased to see the people out there witnessing to life. 
because she happened to have her daughter in the car and her daughter was pregnant and her daughter was intending to get an abortion. But upon seeing all these people out there, to see these life chain participants out in the rain, praying for unborn children and their moms, this young woman's heart was touched and her mind was changed. She told her mother that she now plans to arrange for the baby to be adopted. As our board president pointed out, that baby will live because you and others stood out in the cold rain. And in addition to a precious life saved, a young woman will be spared the wound of abortion and the grief that so many experience in its aftermath. She must have been so touched that people are eager to save preborn babies, so much so that they will give up their time and their comfort to stand outside with the simple message of choose life. No sacrifice is ever wasted. So thank, thanks to all the folks in Bedford County for your life-saving witness, and thanks to everyone everywhere who participated in a life chain. Your silent witness bears more fruit than we can ever know. Maria. That was so beautiful, Bonnie. Thank you so very much. In this week's legislative update, we're talking about a proposed constitutional amendment. The amendment contained in Senate Bill 106 would ensure that there is no right to taxpayer funding of abortion under the PA Constitution. It would also keep abortion out of the state constitution. The amendment is needed because of a lawsuit filed by the abortion industry. Abortion facilities want the state Supreme Court to declare a right to taxpayer funding of abortion under the PA Constitution. The fear is that the High Court could go even further, declaring a so-called constitutional right to abortion. This would create the Pennsylvania version of Roe versus Wade. It could mean that we could lose our well-respected Abortion Control Act. That would mean no more late-term abortion bans. It would also mean no more 24-hour waiting period for abortion. Parental consent and informed consent could be scrapped, as well as the ban on sex selection abortions. It could also lead to the death of our abortion center regulation law. This law went into effect after the discovery of the massive tragedy in West Philadelphia, where abortionist Kermit Gosnell murdered newborn babies by snipping their spinal cords. The grand jury estimated that Gosnell murdered thousands of babies in his abortion center, House of Horrors. The prosecutors could only bring charges in a handful of cases because Gosnell destroyed so many records. Gosnell was ultimately convicted of murdering three newborn babies and causing the death of a female immigrant patient, Karnamaya Mangar. He is now serving three consecutive life terms in prison. In the aftermath of Gosnell, the state legislature passed the Abortion Center Regulation Law. This common sense measure ensures that abortion facilities meet basic health and safety standards and that they are subjected to regular inspections. After the law went into effect, a number of abortion facilities shut their doors because they either could not or would not meet basic health and safety standards. We do not wanna go back to the days of Gosnell that is why the constitutional amendment is so important. Please contact your PA state representatives and state senators and tell them to support the amendment. Without it, 
our state legislature could lose their ability to pass important protective laws. Bonnie. Thank you, Maria. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. Margie Becker was a busy wife and mom to five children when the abortion debate arose in the early 1970s. She took an active role in Pennsylvanians for Human Life and then helped to found Lifeline of Southwest PA to offer women alternatives to abortion and give them the support needed. Over the years, Lifeline of Southwest PA expanded into six offices and developed a program of healing for post-abortive women and men called CARE, Counseling for Abortion-Related Experience. Margie also began working in the Diocese of Pittsburgh to develop respect life committees in parishes. In July of 2021, at the age of 91, she retired from Lifeline with her daughter transitioning into the role of their new executive director. At our Celebrate Life Banquet on October 21st, the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation will present Margie with the distinguished 2022 Pennsylvania Pro-Life Lifetime Achievement Award for the life-affirming work she has done throughout her entire life. We are honored to have this pro-life heroine join us today for our podcast. Welcome, Margie. And Bonnie, for having me on your show today. I appreciate that. I don't think of myself as a heroine, just a person who saw a need and somehow hesitantly uh, developed what was to be known as the lifeline of Southwest Pennsylvania. I wonderful. Think I have, excuse me? I think that's wonderful that you did that. Well, I did it with a lot of help. It wasn't me. It was a lot of help from volunteers, from people that were uh, head of on the board of Pennsylvania for Human Life. And uh, God, he was the final arbitrator in this whole <laughs> question. He always is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Margie, how did you come to hold your pro-life beliefs? I think they were always there. I don't. I don't remember ever discussing it. As uh, I was having a family, my sisters and my sisters-in-law, we were all just celebrating life all the time and never gave a thought to anything else that would certainly not abortion that would uh, destroy life. Our lives were not the best. We had problems, the same as everybody else, and uh, worked through them. And together, we all supported one another in the pregnancies that we were having at the time. Margie, what propelled you? What propelled you to start Lifelines of Southwest PA? Well, we had been talking about uh, uh, the... uh, development of the unborn baby we were going out to talk at schools or any kind of anytime we were invited to come bring a Wilkie slides on fetal development and abortion and talk to the people that were attending the meeting that we were addressing at the time so uh, it wasn't just uh, the fact that we needed as we're talking I guess it was that 
uh, people were saying, if not abortion, what do you do? What you, What's your alternatives? So it made us think really hard about the service area of Pennsylvania human life, about the development of the baby. And at first I was a little hesitant about going out and doing anything, but I think the good Lord pushed me, and uh, and here there I was, starting a training session for uh, people that were interested in working with alternatives to abortion. And that's that's where I started, very hesitantly, but <laughs> I I had thought, well, if God will help me, and He certainly did. He sent a lot of angels in my life to uh, help me to continue the work that I was doing. What were some of the ways that Lifeline helped women in crisis? What were some of the support services that you offer? Well. First of all, if they're in crisis, we try to calm the crisis. Talk to them about, you know, what it what it is they need. You know, they always have a very dire outlooks on what this pregnancy could do. Uh, we go over all of those problems that they might be having, and let them also, in their own mind, decide how they can see that. I mean, we don't. Uh, we certainly don't push them. We don't nag them or tell them what they have to do. Uh, we let them come to their own conclusion. Most of the time they do. Uh, they help uh, the helps that they need, whether it's through community resources or government resources or uh, law, any of those kind of things that we are able to make their uh, trip a little easier. So I think of one or two women in particular, and I know our volunteers certainly have uh, some that they would share too. Um, but I had one that, uh, as the fall is approaching and, and the holidays and so on, uh, a girl who had come into our office and was determined abortion was the answer because she uh, wanted to go to the beach in the summer and she didn't wouldn't fit into her bikini if she was pregnant. Well, as it turned out, around Christmas, the following, uh, after having talked to this woman, uh, I got a telephone call, and the telephone call was from her asking, did I remember talking to her and talking about the bikini and the baby's life? Uh, she just wanted me to know that yes, she had her baby, and she was looking at him now and praising the Lord that she decided that he was the answer to her problem pregnancy. So that's just one of many, many people that we have talked to. We know we don't know, we're not always successful, but we do the best we can. Margie, what kept you going in your pro-life outreach? Because I imagine you faced a number of challenges. Well, always there's challenges, but my family was there to support whatever I was doing and to help us whenever they could, when I was finding offices or having to move things. Um, I had very, very faithful friends who had confidence in me, said that I could do this. Uh, I don't know how they knew that I could do it. I don't know that I could do it, but... Uh, but Knowing that it was there and there was a need, 
and that I had the time to fulfill that need is what kept me going. What were your thoughts after the overturn of Roe versus Wade this year? Um, I guess it's not quite the overturn that we had hoped for uh, because it didn't outlaw abortion altogether, but it's coming close and it leads that uh, our alternative to abortion programs that are out there, not only mine, but thousands around the country, uh, would be needed more than ever because where women are not able to obtain abortions, at least gives them second thoughts on what they're doing and what abortion is and does. It's a very violent end to a human life. And uh, we try to encourage women to carry their babies and see what we can do to help them. Margie, can I ask a, a follow-up question about something in, in the introduction? Um, you helped develop the post-abortion program called CARE, Counseling for Abortion-Related Experience. I'm wondering if you could just talk about why you did that. What need did you see and where did you see women struggling? Well, I think once women started to live with the fact that they had destroyed the life of their own child, some of them, I wouldn't say all, but many of them regret having had the abortion and not having had the child. So our uh, encouragement to say there is reconciliation after abortion, please come to us and we will talk that through and see how we can help you and what we can do because we don't condemn a woman that that's gone through this or the family that's gone through it, but we do want to help them. Uh, and there again, a woman came to me and it was 18 years after her abortion that she was not uh, able to deal with it because it kept popping up and very many things. And certainly in what is going on today with so much talk about abortion on the airwaves and on the television, uh, that it was time that we started a program that would help these women and men through the pain of having had an abortion. Yeah, that's so important because there's so many people out there with um, unhealed wounds. And like you said, it haunts them yeah. for years and years. And sometimes they don't even realize what the root right. of that, what the root of their problems are, whether it's, you know, um, relationship problems or addiction or eating disorders. So a lot of times it will go back to an abortion that they've kind of stuffed away. Right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me also of a woman who had had an abortion 60 years before, and she was afraid of dying and still having that on her conscience. And uh, we were able to work her through that particular event in her life. And give her some peace when she was so distressed about what she had done. So you're, you not only have saved lives um, by giving women life-saving life um, choices, but you've also restored life to women who have been hurt by abortion. So, wow, you've done so, so much, uh, so much good 
so much good. I want to talk a little bit about your role in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, because although you were very busy with South um, Lifeline of Southwest PA, you then went ahead and took on a role in the diocese promoting a culture of life. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you did? Well, I would have meetings and have maybe speakers come in and, and talk to, uh, and that would be maybe once a year or twice a year. Uh, but the information that we gave all the time would send out to the various parishes or to the respect like committee heads. Uh, we encouraged them to develop that uh, program to uh, have the people understand what was happening and what was going on and certainly promoting Pope St. John's culture of life uh, encyclical that he spoke about. And in that, he spoke about also the uh, healing of women who have had abortions. So uh, we had um, literature that we gave out all the time. We we got literature from the National Council of uh, Pro-Life uh, Federation with the diocese and uh, developed telephone trees where when the legislation come in, comes in where we should be supporting it and how we do that, then we would send out messages to telephone trees and they, in turn, would notify other people what was happening. So it was very, very much uh, accepted by the parishes and the people that were uh, very pro-life that worked on these uh, programs and on the literature and on, (coughs) excuse me, um, continuing the, the... life of the unborn child and encouraging women in the parish, whether they had, and mentioning that uh, if they had, you know, in the homily, we would ask the priest to mention that uh, abortion and the fact that there is healing after abortion and that women should seek this also, but that we were there to help and uh, to encourage all the people in the diocese to certainly promote the life of the unborn child. Margie, what advice would you have for a young person considering becoming involved in the pro-life movement? Well, I think with everything that's going on now, I would first say do not be afraid to become involved because we need young people to uh have the courage of their convictions to step forth and to say uh, that they're glad that they were born, that we're glad that they that they think about the unborn child and what happens to the unborn child. I always think, you know, people use the word abortion so, so carelessly. Uh, when I was young, that was a word that you didn't say. I mean, it was so bad, you never said that word. Uh, and women went on and had their babies or went uh, maybe to a facility that cared for unborn or unmarried women who wanted to hide from maybe uh, people that would uh, condemn them for what for having the baby. Or So we were always ready to uh, foster that care for those women. 
And I would just say to any young girl, when you can speak out for life, just remember that if your friend is having an abortion, uh, that would be your best friend. And your baby would be, her baby would be your best friend. So I would say if you are not involved in a pro-life organization, no matter what your age, just become involved and become familiar with what's out there and how you can help uh, pregnant women or as young people. You're really uh, very important to the future of our country and and to the future of many, many women and babies. We've got just a couple minutes left, and I'm wondering, when you started out in this pro-life movement, did you ever envision being involved in it for so long and eventually becoming a Lifetime Achievement Award winner? Never. Never. <laughs> I never, I never thought that far in advance. I do not feel that uh, I could not have achieved what I have achieved if it means anything, it's because of the people that were there to support me in anything that I did. I had great people. Um, certainly never thought that I would go on to this. It, it came to the fact that if I was going to a meeting, my husband would drive with me. We'd call it our date night <laughs> because <laughs> we didn't have a lot of nights with the children where we could get out alone. But they always understood if we were going out to talk about the babies, it was okay with them. They would stay and take care of their other little brothers and sisters. So it's been a very rewarding life. I always think of there's a verse in the Bible somewhere. I could probably look it up. But it says, you duped me, Lord. You, and I think that's what he did with me. He just pulled me in a little bit. You know, just do this. Just do this little thing. Go out and and show the slides and talk about the baby. And then little by little, it grew. It grew to whatever it is now. I'm very grateful for having having the, the people that were behind me that encouraged me. And so I just think that really without all of them, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't have existed. So I give a lot of credit to the volunteers and to my loved ones that helped me so long away, and certainly to God, because if it was not of God, it would not have happened. Margie Becker, yours is a very inspirational story. We are so gratified to have the chance to speak to you today. Um, You had an active role in Pennsylvanians for Human Life and then helped to found Lifeline of Southwest PA. And you are now the uh, recipient or will soon be the recipient of the 2022 Pennsylvania Pro-Life Lifetime Achievement Award. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals, from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. To learn more about the inspiring work of the Federation, 
please visit our website at paprolife.org. And remember, there is always a reason to choose life. Thank you.